0: Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. My sermon is for the weary and worn. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We live in a moment when almost everyone feels weary and worn. Too much has come at us too fast. We are facing no less than four crises at once. Public health crisis, an economic crisis, a political crisis, a racial justice crisis. And along with these, we still have to deal with whatever personal crises come our way. We are weary and worn. And to the weary and worn, Jesus says, Come to me, you're weary and worn, and I want to give you rest. You're worn out from heavy burdens, let me lighten your load. Jesus says, the world is harsh. But I am gentle. The age is arrogant, but I am humble. The times are hard, but my yoke is easy. Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Does anybody feel like coming to Jesus and finding some rest? All right, let's get started. Let's get started. Again, verse 25 of Matthew 11. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to babes, to infants, to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus brings into the world the kingdom of God. That is, Jesus brings into the world the kingdom of his Father from heaven. From his Father in heaven, Jesus brings that kingdom into the world. Jesus was born unto and lived among a people who were weary and worn. They were an occupied people. They were harassed. They were regularly brutalized by the Roman soldiers that occupied their land. It's to these people that Jesus proclaims the good news of another kingdom. Because the kingdom of Caesar had not been good to them. The kingdom of Herod had not been good to them. And so Jesus comes and says, I've got good news, there's another kingdom. There's one besides the kingdom of Caesar and the kingdom of Herod. There is the kingdom of my father. The kingdom of God, the kingdom that comes from the heavens. And this is a kingdom where sins are forgiven, debts are canceled, and everyone is welcome. Jesus describes this kingdom as a feast for hungry people and a banquet for disallowed people. The the, the people that Jesus is mostly preaching to don't get invited to very many banquets. But Jesus says, no, there's a banquet, and everybody's welcome. Jesus himself is the way into this kingdom, this feast, this banquet, this new thing that he's bringing. And Jesus invites and personally sponsors everyone into this kingdom, the kingdom of his Father. So Jesus invites everyone. Corrupt and colluding tax collectors like Matthew and others, Zacchaeus. Pious and hypocritical Pharisees, he invites them. Those at the bottom of society, like lepers, he invites them. Those at the top, people like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, Jesus invites them. They're all invited. All they have to do is believe the good news. And they can believe the good news because it's revealed to them by the Father. That's why Jesus says, I thank you. Thank you, Father. That you've re- this isn't for the, the wise and the intelligent and the highly educated. This isn't some complex philosophical thing that only certain people are able to figure out. No, you've revealed it to babes. It's given by revelation. So when someone tells us in the name of Jesus, that there is another kingdom, there's something in our heart that goes, if I want to, I can believe that. Because the Father reveals it to us. You don't have to be smart, intelligent, highly educated. It's revealed to you. It's, you know, the heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. The the reality of the kingdom of God is given to you by direct deposit into your heart by God. And then you can just say, I want to believe that. I do believe that. I choose to believe. How many of you want to believe that there is a good kingdom that's come from God as a gift to you? All right, you can believe that. It's given to you by revelation. This is God's radical equality, that the intelligent and educated have no advantage over this, over others, because it's given to us by revelation. Then in verse 27... Jesus goes on and he says this, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. All that belongs to the Father is given to the Son. So the the Father has a kingdom. It comes from the heavens. It's a kingdom of graciousness and goodness and blessing and welcome and forgiveness. But of course, every, every kingdom has to have a king, and the Father makes the Son the king in the kingdom. So the king of the kingdom of God is Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, he says that no one knows the Son except the Father, but the Father Reveals that Jesus is the Son. No, no one knows the Son but the Father. But the Father reveals that, the Father reveals that Jesus is the Son of God. So, remember Jesus when he's baptized. Jesus is baptized, and there's a voice from heaven. What does the voice say? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was another voice from heaven that said, "This is my beloved Son. Listen to him." So. This is how revelation works. When I say to you, Jesus is the Son of God, there's something in your heart that goes, that's right. Jesus isn't just like anybody else. When I say Jesus is the Son of God, there's there's an amen in your heart. Anybody, Anybody aware of that? Jesus is the Son of God. It's given to you by revelation. Now, by revelation, we know that Jesus is the Son of God. But Jesus here says no one knows God. Okay. By revelation you know that Jesus is the Son of God. But he also says no one knows God. We don't know God. What we know is a bunch of philosophical omnis about God. You know, we say, well, what is God? Well, God is, he's, 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 he's omnipresent, and he's omnipotent, and he's omnipotent. <laughs> omniscient, he knows everything. He's all the omnis, he's, he's the, great, the great omni in the sky. That's how we know God, which is just a philosophical way of thinking about it. He's all the omnis rolled into one big omni in the sky. Or we know God through psychological projection. That we're angry, we're violent, we're retributive, and we think, oh, okay, there must be a big one up there that's really omni-angry, omni-violent, omni-retributive. And we get almost everything wrong. We know by revelation that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, we know that. I say Jesus is the Son of God, and you know that's true. Yes. But but we don't know what God is like. And so Jesus says this. Really watch this. No one knows the Father except the Son and... Everybody say and. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. The whole point of... How many of you believe that Jesus is God? He's divine. Okay. The whole point of knowing that Jesus is God is so that we can know what God is like. Stick with me here. We don't say, huh, I already know what God is like, and now I know that Jesus is that. No, no, no. You start with Jesus. You don't say, oh, I already know what God is like. He's all the omnis. I know, God, I know what God is like. I know what God is like, and Jesus is that. No, we don't start there. You'll, you'll get everything wrong. Instead, we say, Jesus alone knows the Father, and Jesus alone reveals the Father. We don't start with God and go, oh, Jesus is that. We start with Jesus and say, oh, God is that. That's really important. Uh, The Father, God, is known by the Son. And that's why we have learned to say, I can't help it, got to do it. God is like, God has always been like, there's never been a time when God wasn't like, We haven't always known that. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. All right, now we're getting to the part we're kind of wanting to get to. Verse 28. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, the eternal Word of God, speaks to those who are weary and worn out from heavy burdens. He invites the weary and the worn to come to Him. In His invitation, He uses words like this. Rest, gentle, humble. Rest, he uses it twice, easy, light. So Jesus is saying, I'll give you rest. I'm gentle and humble. I'll give you rest. I'll make it easy and light. I feel like prophesying. I want you to hear Jesus, not me, not, not the preacher, but I want you to hear Jesus saying to you, I'll give you rest. I'm gentle and humble. I'll make it easy. I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. I'm gentle and humble. I'll give you rest. I'll make it easy and light. But Jesus doesn't say he will magically and instantly make everything better. Rather, he invites us to learn from him the new way of living. He says, That's why he says, learn from me. Come to me. Don't be afraid. I'm gentle. I'm humble. It's not going to be hard. I'm going to make it easy and light. but come to me. You've got to learn from me. Come to me and learn. So Jesus is going to teach us a new way of living. Eugene Peterson in his, his Message Bible translation of this verse, which is probably the most famous verse from the Message Bible, he speaks of it as learning the unforced rhythms of grace. Ha. Huh. That's, that's one of those things that when I say it, you go, yeah, that's true. I, I that just, I know that. I know I need to learn. I mean, when we're stressed, when we're pushing, when we feel the pressure, what do we need? We need to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And Jesus says, come to me, watch me, see how I do it, and learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace, and you'll find rest for your soul. Jesus is giving us an entirely new way of human, and it's the way, really, of trust. When it's too hard, we trust Jesus. When it's too heavy, we trust Jesus. When it's too complicated, how many of us sometimes life's too complicated? When it's too complicated, we trust Jesus. When it's too hard, we trust Jesus. When we're anxious and afraid, we trust Jesus. When we're weary and worn, we trust Jesus. When it's all too much to handle, we are to actually come to Jesus. That's what it says. Come to me, Jesus says, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Well, when Jesus says, come to me, this is not a you know, just an empty religious aphorism that didn't mean anything. And it's not an invitation for a one-time event. So you say, well, yes, I came to Jesus when I was eight years old. I came to Jesus when I was 13 at youth camp. I came to Jesus, you know, 28 years ago. No, it's when you're weary and worn, you come to Jesus. You say, well, you know, I would like to come to Jesus, but I've already done that. <laughs> you ever ever wish that you could get saved again? You can. Jesus is always saving. Jesus, I need to be saved. That's, that's why we come to Jesus so we can get saved. Sometimes, many times a day. We've, we've had this idea that, well, I did that you know when I was eight years old. Should have held on to that card. Should have held on to it when I really needed it. No, you can come to Jesus whenever you are in trouble, whenever you're weary and worn. Whenever you're uncertain and anxious, you can come to Jesus. And it's something we actually do. I mean, it's not just, you know, like sort of give a, you know, uh, an acknowledgement, a mental assent. No, we actually come to Jesus and sit with Him and talk with Him and listen to Him because He has something to say. You say, okay, Jesus, maybe you make an appointment with Him. I'm real busy right now, Jesus, but this evening I'm gonna meet you at 5 p.m. I'm gonna be at the park and I'll be under that tree and I'd like to meet you there. Anybody ever made point? I've made appointments with Jesus. Did anybody else do that? Go meet Jesus. Make an appointment with him. Go meet him. I'll tell you a story. Tell you a story about one of my friends, KD Butt. K.D. I met KD. 30 years ago, 1990. Half a lifetime for me ago. KD. I got a picture of KD. This is from 1996. So that was a long time ago. You can probably tell by looking that it was a long time ago. That's me and KD. And for some of you, old-time word lifers. I'll get I'll you, do you recognize the third guy? Anybody here? Yeah, Tom Dillingham. He was youth pastor here way back when. Uh, this is a picture of me and KD and Tom, at, uh, in the Himalayas, in India, on the border of China. Well, let's, get, let's, let's tell the truth. It's on the border of Tibet, at about 13,000 feet at Rotanjat. And we were having adventures up there, and that's a picture. Well, KD was, uh, I think KD is Krishna Devi, I think is what it stands for. Named after two gods, Hindu gods. He was born a Hindu Brahmin, that is the priestly caste in Hindu society. He, he's intelligent. He got a very good education. And when he was in his 20s, he was teaching philosophy at the Hindu University in Varanasi. Varanasi is the holiest of cities in Hinduism. It's there on the Ganges, and it's where uh, people go for all kinds of reasons related to Hinduism. And K.D. was teaching philosophy at the Hindu University in Varanasi, where in the city he met a Christian. And by his own account, he said, I hated him. He said, I hated him because he was a Christian. He said, I just thought India is for Hindus, and I don't want any Christians here, and so I hated the man. He said, but I watched him. He had occasion to see him a lot, and he paid attention. He watched him for like six months. And he said, at the end of six months, I had to admit that this Christian, whom I hate, (laughs) has two things I don't have. He has peace and he has joy. And so he gathered up his courage and he went to this Christian and asked him for a Bible. And the Christian man gave K.D., teacher of Hindu philosophy, a Bible. The Christian uh, wisely recommended that he begin in the New Testament. And he showed him how that works. Start here in Matthew. And so, K.D. began to read the New Testament. He did so in secret. He didn't want anybody to know that he was reading a Bible. And so, he literally read it in a closet. He would go in a closet, shut the door, and you know, clandestinely read. began to read the Bible. He got to chapter eleven of Matthew. And that's you know, that's, pretty, that's just beginning of the New Testament. That's like 10 pages in. He gets to chapter 11, and he reads where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. And he paused there, and he said, Well, I'm weary, and I'm burdened. And So he prayed. He said, Jesus... If you're there, if you're real, I'm weary and I'm worn out. And you said to come to you, so here I am. And Jesus appeared to him. It's one of the few people I've ever met that Jesus has actually appeared to. Jesus appeared to him in that closet and laid his hands on him. Saved him, healed him, and commissioned him to preach and plant churches in North India. Called him to be an apostle in North India. He, uh, he wrote a song that became very, very famous. It's a famous song. Christians all over India know this song. Wrote it you know, way back in the 70s. I, I had him singing for me one time. It's in Hindi, so I don't. I said, well, what's it about? And he said, well, it's, it's about the peace and joy that Jesus brings. Because that's how he met Jesus. He was weary, he was worn. He heard that Jesus said, If you're weary, born, come to me. So he came to Jesus, and Jesus came and met him. I got another story. This story takes place 25 years ago, the summer of 1995. Anybody remember the summer of 1995? Some of you weren't born. No, you don't remember it. Some of you do. Some of you was like, Oh, yeah, it was like yesterday. Time's relative. Summer of 1995, I remember it very well because it's mostly an unpleasant memory. Summer of 1995, I was going through one of the biggest battles of my life. Perry remembers it. It was a hard time. And uh, we we were trying to build this building. And we had uh, some of it built. You know, we had the steel was up, the frames up. Some of the concrete was poured, most of it, some of this down here wasn't. That's when it rained in here and the ducks came and lived in it and we thought, oh Lord. <laughs> trying to build a church, not an aquarium. And, and the reason, and, and things had come to a halt because we were a little bit short, like $900,000 short. 900000 might as well call it a million, but it was $900,000. And we we didn't have any money. We'd already given all the money we had. We didn't have any money. Nobody had any money. We'd already given all we could. We'd borrowed what we could, and we're still nine hundred thousand short. And so there's nobody else working out here, and we're in a bad way. I suppose other people felt the pressure, but I, you know, it was really on me. And I just thought, you know, is this going to be the? We're just going to completely fail at this, and then then what? You know? I mean, it was like all on the line. And uh, one day, in the summer of 95, of course, you know, we're trying to build this place here, but we're meeting over at, on Frederick Avenue. Some of you might remember that. And I was over there, and I just like i got to get out of here. I can't stay here. And I went and got in my car, and I drove out to Rochester Falls. You know where that is, out on 169, there on Platte River. I drove out there to meet with Jesus and I couldn't do it. I needed to be outdoors, something in nature where the river flows. So I went out to Rochester Falls feeling so stressed, so anxious. Just like I'm about to snap, like I'm about to break the pressures. It's a heavy burden. And I go out to Rochester Falls. And uh, I said, Jesus, you said... And I was like desperate, so I was more like praying like, and if you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. But you said that we should come to you if we're weary and under heavy burden. And Jesus, I'm coming to you because I don't know what to do. I mean, I just don't, I don't know what to do, and I feel like it's all on me. And I don't know what to do. We're $900,000 short. We've got a building half built. We can't give in, and it's, you know, Jesus Say something. Talk to me. I need a word. If you got something to say, say it to me now. And Jesus spoke to me. He said, Isaiah 41.10. So he said. I didn't know what Isaiah 41.10 said. Now somebody said, well, maybe in your subconscious you knew that. Whatever. I'm just telling you, Jesus said Isaiah 41.10. I had my Bible. I always have my Bible. I brought this one. This, this, this is my Bible these days. This is what I'm preaching. Today. But I brought it because this was the Bible. This is a retired Bible. I, I, I don't, when I retire a Bible, I don't throw it away. I keep them. I got dozens of retired Bibles. So I looked it up. Isaiah 41.10 there at Rochester Falls. Jesus, I, I can't, it's too heavy. I feel like it's going to break me. Jesus, say something. I'm coming to you. You said come to you. I'm coming to you. Say something, Jesus. Isaiah 41.10. Open it up. This is a small print. I could read this 25 years ago. Uh, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I wept. Because Jesus was saying that to me. I'm saying, Jesus, I I can't. I'm at the end of my rope. I I feel like I'm going to break. I don't know what to do. And Jesus says, fear not. For I am with you. You're not alone, Brian. I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I was pretty dang dismayed. Jesus, don't be dismayed, for I am your God. See, I'm God. You're just Brian. You have your limits. I don't have any limits. All things are possible with me. I will strengthen you. I know you're just you're at the end. I'll strengthen you. Yes, I will help you." That was the big one. I said, well, Jesus will help me. I guess we can get it done. And sometimes we help Jesus like a two-year-old helps us mow the lawn, you know. They think they're helping. We don't let them on that we don't let on that they're actually no help at all. We let them think they're helping. That, sometimes that's the way it is. Jesus says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you. And, and you can try a little bit. Jesus says, I'll help you, which was him saying, I'll do it. Because <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You say, What happened? Well, we're here, aren't we? (laughs) How did it happen? To this day I can't really fully explain it. But somehow things worked out. Man, I needed that word that day. And I see I got that word because I did what Jesus. I came to him. I came to Jesus. And said, Jesus, here I am. Now. You're not in a closet in the Hindu University of Varanasi, and you're not sitting by the Platte River at Rochester Falls. You're here and there. and This conversation that you need to have with Jesus probably won't have to happen more fully later on, maybe a different place, but we can start now, can't we? We can come to Jesus now, can't we? Anybody here feel... (laughs) How many people here? I'm not going to have you stand up, but I do want to see your hand. How many of you feel, say, ah, weary and worn, that's that's me? Okay. Lord Jesus, we come to you as those that are weary and worn, as those to whom life has come out too fast and too hard. We come to you as those that are overwhelmed. We come to, to you as those that are under it. It's, it's pressing us down and we feel depressed. We come to you, Jesus, because you said that we should. And you said you'd give us rest. And you said you're, you're humble and you're gentle. And you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Jesus, you said you would take what was heavy and hard for us and make it easy and light. And so we come to you, Jesus. I pray for these that moments ago raised their hand. Their word might not be Isaiah 41.10. You might not appear to them in a closet. But you will come to them as they come to you. As they draw near to you, you will draw near to them. And Jesus, I thank you that you will give them what they need. The strength, the word, whatever. You will give them what they need. You'll make it easy. You'll make it light. You'll give them rest. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.